Welcome to This Is Not Investment Advice. Quick change, you might hear some birds in the background. I'm doing the podcast in the morning, not in the evening. Um, enjoy it. Pretend you're in a meadow. It's calming. As always, I'm not a registered investment advisor. This podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. I fear today's episode might turn a lot of you off. But this podcast I started for my journey and to help other people. And I need to be honest with myself and not deny things that I'm seeing. And what I'm trying to figure out is, what is a mania? What is a bubble? And is there a time to take some chips off the table? And I've alluded to this a little earlier. So the article that I'll be pinning in the description, um, it's called, Will Asset Price Bubbles? Uh, Will Asset Price Bubbles Burst and Tear Down the Economy? Here's what leading luminaries say. And, and I'll sum up the article. The article is, Half the people say yes, half the people say no. Interest rates are low. That's why people say they're not bubbles. Other people say GameStop, cryptos, NFTs. It's all a bubble. So here's what I think is going on. I think that there's long-term trends for many things, for many assets. And historically, there have been there has been trading around that line. It gets a little overvalued. It gets undervalued. And historically, um, things get extremely overvalued and then burst. Doesn't mean that they're going to zero. A good So my experience was in real estate. And if I look back, you know, I didn't get into real estate until 2013. But if I look back 20, 30 years, it's always been a good time to buy real estate if you've the last 30 years. If you bought in 2007, it, if you had been buying a house every year, 2001, 2002, 2003, and so on, including 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, even if you bought in 6, 7, and 8, historically, and you kept it, your portfolio is doing great. You kept If you dollar cost average into real estate, you still did a great job even when you paid those values in 2007, 2008 because, hey, as long as you held on, you refied. And those properties are worth a lot more. But the smartest trader would have sold in 2007 and then rebought in 2010. So the question that I have to ask myself is what, and I, there's another article that I'm going to put in this description that talks about bubbles is what is a bubble? What is a mania? Even if something has value. I was thinking about this a lot, and I came down to a few major traits that I've seen in bubbles in my lifetime. Although I'm very young, I'm in my late 30s, so I could be wrong. But one thing that I see in bubbles, and the bubbles I'll allude to are real estate, when they become manias, is real estate, crypto, stocks, and from what I understand, the dot com. The first sign of a bubble is a large amount of retail participation that is normally not involved. So let's talk about say how does that how does that what does that mean? Okay, so in many markets there's professional investors. Like if you're a land there's professional landlord companies and there's professional landlords. But if you start seeing a lot of people that aren't landlords, that's a lot of retail participation. In crypto, we saw this in 2017. 
I was the person buying Grayscale GBTC with no clue what I was buying. That's a lot of retail participation. Um, but I also think retail is not bad because retail is, can be smart. I think what's very interesting about um, the bubble like mania is when retail is buying into an asset class, often with borrowed money, and they don't understand the terms of their contracts. So, you know, when I bought crypto in 2017, I had no clue what Grayscale was or a Bitcoin. That was the market, but a lot of the people I knew had no clue what they were buying. So that was the sign of a mania starting. Now, if you look at Rao Powell on his talk show, he says, hey, he sold at 2000. So he thought it was, he said it was a mania then, and then it went to 20 or 19. So I, I, it's a determinant of how big the mania is, you know, how hot is the pepper? There's a, there's a jalapeno and then there's a ghost Carolina ghost reaper or whatever. Um, but the question is, you know, that's a question of the degree mania. It's when you have a lot of retail buying a lot of things that they don't know what they are and also using borrowed money. And we saw this earlier with crypto this year, which was a ton of, a ton of, ton of leverage. Doesn't mean you're at the top, but what it means is it's, it's to me a sign of a mania. Okay, what is another sign of a mania? Um, a, 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 another sign of a mania is the investment by people in only appreciation, not cash flow. So th there's two reasons people buy investments, okay? The most typical reason has actually been preservation of capital. What's the fancy word of not losing your money? And cash flow. Hey, you buy a piece of real estate cash and it generates a monthly income to you. That's And it's a return on your investment. You go buy a million dollar house right now, you can probably rent it out for four grand a month, give or take. I don't know, let's say 30, let's say around four, give or take. Eh, 3,500, fine. What are you doing? You're making 3,500 times 12. You're making $42,000 a year in rent. You're paying probably 10,000 in taxes. Okay, so 32,000 minus some other costs. Let's say there's $4,000 cost. Maintenance, upkeep, insurance, 28,000. So that means if you buy that million dollar house, your return on your investment is 2.8% per year. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Okay, now leverage would change that, but there's cash flow. The other type of investment is pure appreciation, which means I'm not in it to care how much it rents for. I'm in it to resell it or to go up in value and then resell it. That's what was happening in 2006, 2007, which was, in retrospect, it was very easy to spot. I was a kid then, but it was very easy to spot because mortgages, the amount that people were paying to the bank to get a mortgage, were generally way lower than their rent costs. And so the only reason they were in this thing was to resell the house, not to keep it. Also, we talked about borrowed money. It was mass leverage in 2008, and many people didn't understand their contracts. I think the dot-com era is a reminder of not understanding what you're buying, which was people buying internet stocks, but really not understanding what any of these things did. And only on appreciation. It wasn't on cash flow of these companies. What are other signs of a mania? Well, 
and you see this on Twitter all the time about like a new paradigm, which is the belief that things have that this is this is going to change the world today. You know, I, I've seen quite a bit of that in Tesla, right? Which is that Tesla, although growing in a great company, it's not every car's a Tesla. There's still tons of competitors to Tesla. Um, these aren't, they haven't reinvented a way to make a car super profitable. Now, they have done things with that, like, no, uh, they have things with, you know, great software, and they have the idea of not having a sales force and not having to pay for advertising, which is, should not be discounted. It is amazing. It is truly amazing, groundbreaking. But this idea that this will change everything today is a sign of a mania. And so wh where am I going with this with Bitcoin and crypto in general? And this is where you people are going to probably hate me. So I believe, I believe that Bitcoin has, and I've seen this in other articles, like a fair value based on its adoption, based on central bank policy. And right now, for example, it's a reflection of the central banks. In the next leg up, right now, if the banks print more money, which I believe they do, or lower rates because they're slowed down, which I believe they will. They will not taper, by the way. I do not. I believe this is a bunch of nonsense. They'll might taper a little, then have to run in with a money gun. How can they taper? Every if you think about it, the federal government says a lot of things. We're going to inter normalize interest rates. We're going to stop buying bonds. We're going to pay off the debt. You know, Ben Bernanke said they pay down the debt to hundred trillion dollars, and it was a little over a trillion. It's eight trillion. Come on, that's the federal balance sheet, not the debt. So. What I believe will happen, in my opinion, is is that Bitcoin, like it's just like the stock to flow model, will go into a mania, and I believe this will happen almost every cycle. Perhaps less maniacal than the cycle before, but a mania nonetheless. I also think that housing will go into a mania because eventually, what will happen is. A lot of the people that are sitting on the sidelines, they're still, think about, you know, I'm in almost 40. Think about how many people you know that don't own a home. Many of those people, unless there's a huge pullback in the market, they will want to buy a house. And they will do everything they can to buy a house. You know, for my generation, a lot of us haven't had kids. But for the people that have a wife and a husband and a kid, they, they want a family. They don't want to keep renting forever. And... For the people that live in the suburbs, maybe they're doing well financially, they want that nice house. They don't want to wait as they get older. And so I think the mania of housing, this fear of being left behind, has another leg up. And that's going to, you're going to see people, mass leverage, um, mass leverage, uh, um, you know, uh, thinking like this time it's different. Um, People that normally aren't going to be landlords will become landlords. So, so, so look out for those signs, in my opinion. But with crypto, right, the real question is, so I believe that within crypto, it's going to be boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust, but all following this arrow up. I still believe Bitcoin is going to be a million dollars by 2030 easily. 
But within this cycle, there's going to be boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust. And so the question is, where are we on this boom, bust? And there's someone that's very starting crypto. He does hacks, and he says Bitcoin's going to 10 grand. He says it's a bull trap at 50, and then it's going to go to 10. But I want to apply, like, what do I see with Bitcoin right now, and are we in this mania? So are most of my friends buying large amounts of crypto? No. I interact with about 50 people daily. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight people I know that own crypto. No, 10, sorry, 10 that own crypto. Many of them who I just sent from some of the old cycle. Other people I know, none of them who have a net worth of over $500,000 have more than 10% of their net worth in crypto. And out of the 10 that I know that have crypto, I think three of these people have more than probably 20% of their net worth in crypto. These people though, I would have said that I'm responsible for better or worse, for pushing a lot of these people to understand crypto. I didn't make them buy. But that's how the network works. It's not that I'm special. We're incentivized to bring people in. And so what I believe is if we've got poor people that, you know, what I'm saying is, is that we're not at that mania yet. I remember in the office, when I was in the office in 2017, everyone was talking about Bitcoin. We're not there. And, and I, I, I don't know about stocks. I'm not really into stocks, but I think we're closer to a mania in stocks. And so the, the question is, will I, will I sell some Bitcoin as we go up? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't I? I think with Bitcoin, and I think this pisses people off, which is, it's it's Bitcoin or nothing, right? Like, hey, bro, it's Bitcoin or nothing, going to the moon. Understand that a lot of the people that you see on YouTube, like there's on, on YouTube that you see on, that you see on uh, the news, that you see on, you know, these, no, but YouTube, there's promotions, Twitter, right? Many of these people are already rich, okay? So you have to separate, or I have to separate myself from them. A lot of these crypto influencers, they made a great decision to buy crypto back in the day. You know, this is the same reason why I will never, ever, ever, ever sell all of my Bitcoin. Because I believe Bitcoin will become a reserve currency. But... I think there's that great phrase, you know, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. And a lot of the people that are super into Bitcoin, you know, there's a guy that I think is very smart that posts about it, but he's been in he's been in Bitcoin, you know, his his Twitter handle proves it. He's been there since 2013. He's rich. He held on to half his Bitcoin probably. He's rich. 
he, he doesn't care, right? So he's he's able to be, you know, like to go back to the housing analogy, the person who never sold did great. So let's just say that every year you're, you know, I wanted to do this, but I failed. But let's say every year you want to buy a studio condo, okay? Or one bedroom apartment. And mainly if you're in the U.S., that's probably around anywhere between 150 to 250 grand for most places. And you want to become a professional landlord, okay? So you put 10% down. On each purchase. So, I don't know, about, let's say, an average of 15, 20 grand. So you you work like a slave, you eat beans and rice, you have a regular job, and you save 10, 15 grand a year. Or maybe you're a husband and wife team that does this. Okay, so it's more reasonable. And you bought a house in 2000. And then you bought a house in 2001. And then you bought a house in 2002. Three, four, five, five. In 2007, you buy. What do you do in 2008? You buy. It crashes in 2009. What do you do? You buy. Why? Because overall, you buy into pain. And that's what the professional investors do, which is when everyone's freaking out, and I think this is the idea of manias, the professional investors, they look for these opportunities of manias. And when everyone's losing their crap, what do they do? They sell. And when everyone's scared, what do they do? They buy. So, 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 so the question really is, the question is, as we go through this cycle, you know, and it's your choice. I can't, you know, it's my choice to do my stuff. It's your choice to do stuff. Do, do you, you know, do you sell? And my thought is, no one's going to care at the end of the time. You know, one of my friends that I talked to, he sold his Bitcoin, I think, at like 4000 He bought it at two or eight or something. But he, he made a lot of money, but he's like, he regrets selling it. And so the message that I have to myself is this. And it's complicated. Historically, it's been a very bad decision. To sell your Bitcoin. You know, last year in the COVID crash, it went down to what, 3,800? And that's when a lot of people loaded the boat. It's a question of ultimate fear and ultimate greed. You know, you see this greed fear index. And so I, I think that selling, my personal opinion is that selling all your Bitcoin is a horrible idea because Bitcoin is on an adoption curve, um, just like the internet, but even more supercharged. And let's just look at the curves. Let, let's really look at this. Instead of like praising Bitcoin, let's just look at the facts, okay? In 12 years, it's the best performing asset class in history. That's a good thing. Number two, it's probably the most volatile asset class in history, besides altcoins. You have something that went from a few hundred, from zero to a few hundred, to a thousand, back down to 20, 19,000, down to 3,800. And I'm sure if you look in Twitter, by the way, you go to these crypto influencers, you'll see that they were all saying 100K in 2019. They can say this forever, right? Because they're they're pumping their bags, number one. And number two, they eventually will be right. It's an accumulation game. They're the person that was buying houses in 2007, 2008, 2009. 2000. 
They don't care. 2006. They're they're long term. They're an asset accumulator. But to me, so don't think I'll sell ever more. Sell 30% of my Bitcoin. But I'm also not. I'm trying not to be prideful, although I'm a very prideful person, and understand that this idea, like. As you get older, right, people love to brag, oh, I made all this money on this. I made all this money on this. Who cares? Don't, none of your friends care how much money you made unless you're giving them stuff. They're, hopefully they're happy for you. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to make your own decisions. And for me, to go back to this mania idea, I, I'm looking for the mania. I just don't really think we're there yet. And, 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 and in retrospect, we were in a mini mania three months ago. But we weren't there with a real mania because I didn't see my friends buying. I didn't see everyone on the news buying. I didn't see people – in the crypto community, people were taking out loans and there's a lot of leverage. So that was the sign of that mini mania. You know, this is a very complicated thing because if you sell your – let's say Bitcoin goes to 15 crashes. You're going to feel like a dumbass. But what if it goes to 100 and doesn't, and then you sell it 100? And so we're going to all have to make our own decisions. Um, I think this can be applied to life is that, you, you know, are we good at understanding extremes? You know, and I, I guess what I would suggest to everyone here is, or I'll just tell them what I'm doing is, I have a plan. Now, my plan can fail. It can absolutely fail. But I think where most of us screw up is we don't have a plan. We don't have any type of plan. We are wanderers. We go from step to step. You know, like if I asked you, hey, what's your real plan for the next five years? What would it be? I mean, for me, all I can tell you is my, my plan, and maybe this brings value to you, maybe it doesn't, but you're tuning in. So I live in California. I think California is becoming, it's a great place, but business-wise, even though it's a great economy, it's alienating a lot of businesses, okay? And you're seeing, you're seeing the signs, right? You're seeing that Tesla left, and I think HP left, and, and one of the reasons is, the, the, the taxes the taxes are just too heavy um, the second thing the second thing I'd mention is the second thing I'd mention is that uh, the There's a shift to states like Florida and Texas, right? Which is the shift to the states of Florida and Texas where people where people are going to them because of the opportunities. And you know, like in San Diego, where I used to live, a really nice house is it's well over a million dollars. It's well over a million. Um, it's, it's, 
it's not that California is bad, is that I think there's going to be more opportunities in other states. So what is my plan? I want to move to Florida. I want to move to Miami Beach because I think crypto, after it goes up and then a crash, is going to become is going to become this important place. And I want to buy a studio in Miami. What does that cost? It costs about 200 grand. Okay. What do I need to accomplish that? I need about $40,000. Well, if I do 10% down, maybe I'll do 20. Maybe I'll do 10. But I need, let's just say I have to do 20. So it's 40 grand down plus closing costs. All right, I need $50,000. Okay, what else do I need? Well, if I move there, I need some liquidity. All right, I need at least 50 grand saved in the bank in case something goes to shit. Okay, and you need 100 grand. I need to pay us on my debt. So I can't do anything. That's my plan. Now, that's a very basic, rough plan. But the reason I say this is it's a plan, and I'm very bad at doing this. But I think where most of us are at is we don't have a plan. You know, and, and I'm not making fun of people. I'm observing. I have some friends that are buying crypto, and I they, 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 they say, oh, I'm a conservative person. I go, okay, what do you know about this? They go, I don't know. I don't know. I go, I'm not here. Like, there's a lot of things that I don't know about crypto. This will kill a lot of people. Just, you know, I don't have a private wallet yet. I put my Bitcoin in safekeeping. I have a trust account through Swan Bitcoin. And I also have, oh, drum roll please, I have my ETH in Grayscale in my retirement. Now you might hate me for saying this. And in retrospect, if I had just bought Bitcoin before, if I had learned, you know, this is not your keys, not your coins, I would have been a lot richer because I pay, overpaid for Grayscale Gray Bitcoin Trust. But part of this is being honest because I'm honest with myself, hopefully. Having a plan is the most important. So that's where I'm at. Are we in a mania? Are we not? My thoughts, I think we will go into mania, we will crash, and then we'll go back to the trend line. Right now, we're not in that mania yet. We're just not there. And, and, and it's so easy to believe if you're in Bitcoin Twitter or your friends are in Bitcoin that it's all about Bitcoin. Most of the people I know, they're not buying Bitcoin. They're not borrowing money to buy Bitcoin. I don't see institutions going crazy yet. I'm waiting for it. So, strong hands right now.